I don't I really want to preface like if you're just finding our podcast, this is a Hamilton episode. I'm sure there will be people that will search Hamilton podcast and then find us. By the way, there is actually a Hamilton podcast and I had the host on my other podcast and she is wonderful and you guys should go check it out. Um it's called the Hamilcast. Highly recommend. But when you finish this, go check that out. But if you're just tuning in, I'm really not trying to be that person that's like I knew about this before everyone else did, but this is just like my 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 truth. <laughs> but he is. Hello and welcome to episode one hundred of Theater Nerds. I'm your host Rachel Jones, and I'm your other host Taylor Reed. Theater Nerds is a podcast about our obsessions with theater, where we will explore all aspects of theater, musicals, and everything in between. This podcast is not set up to be a deep dive into technique or theater history, but we're hopeful that no matter if you're an enthusiast like us, or if you've only seen your Winter Carnival's production of Rent Jr., you'll enjoy this podcast. So cue the orchestra and come nerd out with us. In case you guys didn't know, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. That's right. You can also leave us a star rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's right. You guys, we have a YouTube channel now. Go check it out. Um, to find out more about the Theater Nerd cult, check us out at theaternerdpod.com, or you can also find us on Instagram and threads at Theater Nerd Pod and on Facebook at Theater Nerd Podcast. In today's episode, we're discussing Hamilton. All right, Rachel, here we are for your video pleasure. I don't know what I'm saying. I was like, I can see you now. I know. We can feel, we can taste, we can touch, we can see, we can hear. (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm just naming all the senses. (laughs) I was like, oh, is this? Uh, what's the version of senses? Like there is that uh, that movie Inside Out. There needs to be one for senses, not just feeling. Oh yeah, to be a mu- musical. Yeah. There you go. Riley you finds her out. senses. <laughs> Inside Out three, we got it In, for them. Yeah, yeah. Highest Upside Pixar. Down, inside Out. <laughs> Upside down. <laughs> um, if you guys don't know already, we did release stuff on social, but we do have a YouTube channel now. We are, of course, well, really, we should start out happy 100 episodes. Here we are. Happy 100. Where is our cake or our little Mm -hmm. um, schmackeries cookies? That's what I want to know. Schmackers. Yeah, not (laughs) a sponsor. Why did no one throw us 100 party? Right. Not a sponsor. But where is our show cake, our 100 show cake? Yeah. With our little faces on it. Yeah. Yeah. And then balloons, obviously. Um, P.O. Box, whatever, if you want to send that to us. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, this is, yeah. DM if, me directly. Of course, if you're listening to this on audio, um, we are releasing our video episodes on Wednesday. So um, 
if you want to, you know, listen to this and then go back and watch us on video. I do that all the time with podcasts. Sometimes I'll listen to it, then I'll watch it again. It's so much fun. So, you know, if you have a million hours on your hands, target audience is Taylor. Yeah, it's me. It's me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. we're very excited. This episode has been a long time coming for me. Or Taylor specifically. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. But of course, we need to start with our our appetizer, our current theater Broadway news segment. What's the buzz? What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. 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 Honestly, I was writing out the buzz this week, Rachel, and there really isn't that much. So sad. I know. (laughs) Yeah. 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 There isn't too much. Yeah. And we recorded uh, recently. But I will tell you, two of these were big, big news, in my opinion. Big news. Two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we recorded an episode that will come out later, recently, later in the year. And... We talked a lot about this, I mean, kind of this first one a little bit. Not mm-hmm. not about this yeah. specifically, but just kind of the subject around this. Yeah. Um, a little uh, sad news, Rachel. What, what's our first one that we got? Uh, so our, our sad news is a closing, and that's Kimberly Akimbo closing on April 28th, which, I mean, they gave us a plenty of time, and it will have mm-hmm. obviously run over a year, right? Right. Oh, two, yeah, it opened in November, I 16th. think. Yeah. So, I mean, still a very good run. Obviously, this is coming off of Victoria Clark taking a step back and all of these things. But, yeah, right. sad to um, have the show officially close. Although, yeah. So, we'll see what... Go get it. Go go see it. Get tickets between now and April. Mm-hmm. It's a great show. Um, but I think seeing over the last few weeks there, Broadway grosses... Yeah, I it's not that unexpected, although it is super sad. So super sad. Um, Sad. I think in this post pandemic era, we need to kind of expect a little bit more that shows close earlier than they deserve, which is sad Um, because not everyone is a show that we'll be talking about today. Um, well, and I, I also think you know Kimberly Kimbo is is um, a sad show. I mean, it's not like all mm-hmm. sad, but it's it's right. got some heavy things. And so you know, it doesn't attract. There's another show we'll talk about in our buzz. It doesn't attract the kind of mm-hmm. audience that that show might attract mm-hmm. just just because of the of the style of of the content. Yeah, but also Shuck to closing is like is so sad. So yeah, I know. No, of course. It's so sad. Yeah. April 28th, the day before my birthday. So, um, so Taylor's going to go see it. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, Barbie, the billion dollar movie that came out in 2023. You heard of it? Um, (laughs) what? Who is it? it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rachel hasn't seen it yet. (laughs) No, just kidding. Um, (laughs) yeah, jokes. We got jokes for days. The Barbie the movie, it was teased that there might be a musical by Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie on the red carpet at, I believe the Golden Globes is where this was teased. Um, Or in some interview it was teased at least, but uh, I don't know, That's it's exciting. I definitely could see it. I mean, it's very campy and it has like 
the style. I mean, every interview I've watched and listened to of Greta Gerwig, she talks about how it's a the movie is like an homage to all those 50s and 60s musicals. So I totally get it. But I don't know. It would be interesting. What do you think? Um, I think it's perfect the way it is. Let's not let's not touch it. <laughs> Amazing. And might I might I add? Why don't we put some of that money? into other broadway shows like greta gerwig mm-hmm. can help adapt another show to broadway or mm-hmm. help mm-hmm. a show that's getting off the yeah. ground lady bird the musical it, i mean you know with timothy shelmer <laughs> with the love of my life timothy Chalamet. Right, right right yep mm-hmm. yeah princes very interesting yeah, this next one is very interesting. Um, Prince's Purple Rain film and album will have a world premiere stage adaptation written by playwright Brandon Jacobs Jenkins, who has a play currently on Broadway, Appropriate. Um, is it appropriate mm-hmm. for Purple Rain to have a stage adaptation? <laughs> I don't know. We'll find yeah. out. Yeah. I mean... This is... I don't know. Do we need this? <laughs> Do we need it? I mean, I don't know. I I just, what is it going to be like when it says world's premiere stage adaptation? What does that mean? Yeah. Is it like an experience? Like we all have to yeah. dress up like Prince? And then or go? like, it's a, is it immersive or is it a concert or like, what is, right. what, what is the film? I mean, I think it's, I wonder if it's, I guess it's going to be a musical because it's going to have the music in it. So. I mean, that's what it. But it doesn't say that, so that's why it's weird. Yeah, I think it's meaning because in the article, in the Playbill article I read, it only mentions the playwright because I think they're using the album music. It's going to be a jukebox musical, but they don't say that. They really don't. So yeah, they don't say that though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm weird. Time will tell. We'll see what happens. We'll see. I guess. What do you think of these next Speaking two of casting? Yeah. Oh. Casting. Speaking of seeing, Derek Lena, I see him again, seeing returning to Moulin Rouge. <laughs> on, uh, I see February him again. 6th. Yeah. Um, he's, I mean, anyway, he's very beautiful. You've actually, so. you've actually seen him live. I have not. I have seen him I in Anastasia. Think. Yeah, yeah. you saw him in Anastasia. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, bring, bring people back, bring, bring heavy hitters mm-hmm. back. I mean, this is, this yeah. doesn't seem that strange to me. He's great. No. He clearly wants to do the work. And so mm-hmm. is it a little weird? Yes. But Moulin Rouge reminds me of Chicago in the sense of like, we're just keep, we keep changing who's going to be in the, you know, in it, which is actually what this next, this next musical is following suit. If I were to think about that kind of thing. It's like Chicago, mm-hmm. Moulin Rouge, and now it's been Hades Town. Yeah, Hades Town is also one. Of, I even just thinking about it, it is crazy that Hades Town has lasted since its opening because it's kind of a niche subject. I mean, it's Greek mythology, so I guess that's like everyone knows it. But, but. I feel like Greek Greek mythology is super. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, but th- we, this week we found out. What did we find out, Tay? We people. found that Lola Tung, the Summer I Turned Pretty star, which have you watched that show? Have I watched that show? Am I eating that show up like it's 
the best pasta I've ever made in my life? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What kind of pasta books. would it be? I watched the show. I don't know. But the best uh, pasta. A ravioli, okay. probably, honestly. Mm, I don't that. need that much of it, but it would be so All good. slimy and <laughs> filled slimy. with gooiness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> slimy. Yeah. Well, ravioli can be slimy. That's all I'm saying. Um, that doesn't sound appealing. I have not watched the show. Okay. Um, well, this will books. be the second. This is the second person who's being in a musical from this show now because we have Connie mm-hmm. Baby. He's in mm-hmm. he's in Mean Girls. And then uh Lola will be in Hades Town. I mean that's very yeah. very interesting to me. This is giving Disney Channel stars. Yes. She will make her Broadway debut in Hades Town as Eurydice starting February 9th, which is very exciting. All these um, I mean, also, Derek Lynn is returning, so he already that's knows a big his lines. Role. That's a big yeah. role. Yeah, it is a big role. He already knows his lines, so but they're only getting like what three weeks of rehearsal before? That's kind of crazy. That's crazy. <sighs> yeah. Crazy. This last one is What's exciting. even I think more it's crazier ex- is this yeah. next one. Well, I'm excited for this because we talked about this recently with someone that's going to be on the show, and the show um the final sondheim musical stephen sondheim here we are are is going to be releasing a cast album in the spring of 2024 i couldn't find a date (laughs) sometime spring and summer springtime for sondheim (laughs) springtime for sondheim and merrily there we go yeah thank you Oh um, my gosh, yes. I'm excited to listen to it. I think, you know. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I mean, we heard recently that it may not be the right show for Broadway. So maybe uh, maybe it won't transfer. So Maybe it won't. Yeah, I mean, to have a cast album before transferring to Broadway either means you're trying to transfer to Broadway or you know you won't. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Which are like two very, very different but I we'll mean, see. Last I heard, it didn't. The second act didn't hold, so right. I'll be intrigued to see what the second act is like. I mean, unlike music. Purple Rain, Purple Rain's website is Purple Rain Broadway, so they already know where they're going. It's just like the Secret Garden Broadway account. This is what I'm saying. Here we are. Was not here we are Broadway. So. Well. <laughs> yeah. So is that does that mean Taylor? If we change ours to Theater Nerds Broadway. We already know where we're going. I guess we're doing a show on Broadway. <laughs> which we want the we want the booth, please. You literally said like a week and a half ago or whatever that we were gonna be at the Gershwin. I was like just the for Gershwin. The wicked I thought you meant the AMC theater. Just the just for the wicked up just for the wicked part one episode. Oh yeah, just for that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yep, that's our buzz this week, you guys. So short. Not that much to talk about, but that really so short and yet we made it so long. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Always. Uh really that leads We're us so into our that. main discussion today, which is What are we talking good, about, Taylor? It, it's good that we had didn't have that much buzz because I have so much to talk about. <laughs> The IMDb, the IMDb, I can't even talk. The Wikipedia page for this show that we're about to talk about is so long. <laughs> it was, it's crazy. I didn't look at it. That's amazing. Um, I did. I did. Lots to talk about. Taylor loves the Wikipedia we, page. When I first approached Rachel to do this podcast, 
I didn't bring this up immediately, but I brought it up at some point that I was like, hey, if we make it to 100 episodes, can we talk about Hamilton officially? Like have it on the record. It was like two seconds. It was like two seconds after I said. Yeah, that. yeah. He was like, great. Okay, so uh, at a hundred, we're gonna talk about Hamilton. I was like, at yeah, least I wanted I have, to, you know, at least we, I, can I wanted wait. to give it some space. You gotta give it some space. I mean, we've talked about it. We've talked around it. But Rachel and I are both wearing Hamilton colors today, yeah. so that's fun. What? Oh, you're wearing Aline AJ. Aline AJ. Yeah. yeah. But I almost, I almost got my Hamilton mug, and I realized I didn't, I don't have it here. Sorry, I was so far away from my. Which, um, but which I do Scott... have Hamilton shot glasses. Oh, I love but that. I decided not to bring those out for this. I love that. Yeah. Not throwing away my shot. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know dueling. they're dueling? It's Hamilton and Burr. They sing that line and take a shot right after. <laughs> And we're done. No, I'm just kidding. What yeah. Skylar's sister are AJ, Allie and AJ? Uh, that's hard. Um, I, I think, feel like. Wait, wait, wait. Allie is the more blonde one. Oh no, 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 the curly-haired one. Wait, which one is the more blonde one? <laughs> I'm getting. I don't confused. know how to how you're describing them. They're both kind of dirty blonde. This is Allie. Allie's the brown-haired one compared to... Okay, yeah, she's Angelica. No. I think AJ's Angelica. You think Allie's Angelica? I think AJ's Philip is... Is Philippa? Is Eliza? Peggy. You think she's Peggy? (laughs) I don't think either of them are Eliza. I don't think either of them are Eliza. Wow. I'm putting neither of them as Eliza. Um, and no, at the end of this episode, they're going to come out after me. Tell me your at the end of this episode, you'll okay. find out which one of us is an Angelica and which one's an Eliza. <laughs> Between the two of us. Um, I can't wait because I myself do not know. Okay. Yeah. Tell us so, what Taylor. you guys think. Oh, amazing. Yes, go ahead, Rachel, please. I was going to ask you, like we do with every, every, yeah, every episode deep on dive. Deep Dive, because this is a deep dive. How did you first hear about the musical? We're diving in. Yeah. Yeah, that's me diving in, just so you guys know, now that we're on video. Whoosh, I do that every time. Yeah. Um, I have a long kind of history with this show. I really do. I don't know if you know this, Rachel. Um. I I'm sure I know had heard, quite a bit of it. Yes. I had heard about Lin Manuel Miranda before Hamilton. I don't I okay, here's because the I do want to in preface, the heights. Duh, hello. Yeah, yeah, because of in the heights. I don't I really want to preface like if you're just finding our podcast, this is a Hamilton episode. I'm sure there will be people that will search Hamilton podcast and then find us. By the way, there is actually a Hamilton podcast and I had the host on my other podcast and she is wonderful and you guys should go check it out. Um, it's called the Hamilton cast highly recommend, but when you finish this, go check that out. But if you're just tuning in, I'm really not trying to be that person. That's like, I knew about this before everyone else did, but this is just like my, my, my truth. But he is, (laughs) I'm just, I'm just talking about my life. Okay. And, and I have people to prove it. I really do like my family and, and my friends, like I have people to prove this. So Obviously, I knew of Lynn's work within the Heights. One day we will talk about that show. We'll talk about the movie. We'll get to it at some point. 
um, and loved him. And one day on Thanksgiving in 2010, I saw a video of Lin-Manuel Miranda rapping Alexander Hamilton at the White House um, at a poetry yeah. slam, basically. Not a poetry slam. Mm-hmm. But um, a it might have been 2009, actually. No, it, yeah, I don't know. Um, but anyway, the so that's when I first heard about anything about Hamilton. Didn't even know. I, I honestly did not even know who he was before this. I remember showing my family members this video, and I said, "Isn't this cool?" And they were like, "Yeah." And then that's what it was. Like there was no show. There was nothing. There was it was just a cool video and I watched it about 10,000 times. <laughs> Taylor has it yeah. memorized. Cuz I was uh, a little theater loving pipsqueak and I loved yeah. this video. And so was Lynn honestly. He was really small <laughs> at the time. Mm-hmm. Um it's really fun. They show little we'll link it in the show notes if no one has ever seen this, but they they like cut back to President Obama because this is like the first big arts event that um, President Obama and Michelle Obama, First Lady, um, hosted, and they like have these cut shots to like people in the crowd being like, "What is this? Like, this is kind of strange." And then by the end of it, like everyone is like cheering and clapping and all these things. So, so cut to 2015, and I remember reading a Broadway.com article. Being like Hamilton, an American musical, going off Broadway to the public. And I was like, what is th-? and Lynn Manuel Miranda, you know, all the things. I was like, what is this? This is so interesting. Didn't really know anything about it. and then I kind of connected the dots and was like, Oh, this is like the video, but not and it's like an actual show. Um and actually, funny enough, that spring of 2015 Rachel and I and some friends went to New York and we actually saw yes. Hunchback of Notre Dame at the Paper Mill Playhouse but I remember vaguely being like oh maybe we could go see this show at the public do you remember this Rachel mm-hmm. yeah yes so we had a sliver of an opportunity to see the show when it was before on before Broadway, Broadway before before the phenomenon Mm-hmm. But we did not. And there's a tiny part of me that was like, we should have done that because then we could have seen the reflecting pool. That was the choice. Um, <laughs> yes, there was a reflecting pool on this show before I went to Broadway. Wonderful. Um, yeah. And then I just, from there on, like once it transferred to Broadway, like the, it transferred in July, I think. And then... Um, when the yeah, the album came out in September and the album I just remember the album coming out and it was a huge I mean it was a huge deal like everyone was like mm-hmm. what is this show like it was very exclusive and then once the album came out it was like we have this like this this is and what what I think and obviously we'll talk about the music but what I think is so great about this album is that it is the show it's like Les Mis like it really is like 
the show from top to mm-hmm. bottom. And so like you were just given the gift of the, I mean, obviously you're like imagining it in your mind and you're not really seeing what's actually happening. But I remember right. like sitting in the library at my university when the album came out, September 25th, 2015. That's when the album came out. Also the day I started dating my wife in case anybody wanted to know. And I played her. You'll be A back. Monumental first- day. For monumental mo- for more than one yeah. reason. And I played her You'll Be Back. That was the first song we both Most heard. Specific thing we, one of the first songs we both heard from the show. And anyway, so it just has a I and I listened to that album like almost every day of college. Like that's what I listened to. And fast forward to 2018, on my wife and I's honeymoon, we got to see the show. Someone bought us tickets. We in in Chicago. And it's it's a big thing in my life personally, but also I think, and especially seeing it, sitting down and seeing it live is like such a whole other experience. Flash forward to 2020, the Hamill film comes out on Disney Plus, and that's a whole other experience. And watching yeah. and, you know, going through this pandemic, going through quarantine and being isolated and then finally getting this gift from the gods of Lin-Manuel Miranda <laughs> while we're in while we're in quarantine of this while we're in the great panic exactly so lots of things to discuss but anyway that all of that to say is that this show does mean a lot to me and i really love it and i can kind of trace all the steps from the beginning of like watching the white house video watching da 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 watching the and yeah it's just yeah there's so much to say about it but yeah that's my experience rachel i know there's a lot in there i'm so sorry but what is your what is your experience okay I think that maybe the, so I, I had a friend who was very obsessed with In the Heights while In the Heights was happening. And I remember her saying that and I didn't understand. And she went to New York and she saw the show and she was like, this is amazing. And I was like, okay, cool. But I I still don't understand it. I was still living in my like other musical theater realms at the, Mm -hmm. at that time probably still living off of who even knows um next to normal i'm sure but anyway yeah doesn't matter and i just remember her saying that so that coincided with at some point you and my other friend were are very like into being online and like theater trends and like what's happening and i am not i am more now than i ever have before in my life because i'm normally just like cool like when it happens it'll happen and Mm -hmm. i'll find it i think i think honestly spotify really changed all of that for me because throwback i mean even in 2014 i was 100 percent using apple music or itunes or whatever it was called at the time so Mm -hmm. spotify really changed the trajectory for me because you could like search what was that person and what other albums they were on and what other playlists they were on and so then like that has been that's actually how i learned the most about musicals even still but anyway, so I remember sitting at your kitchen table, Taylor, with this other friend and talking about Hamilton. And it maybe was transferring at the time. And we were sitting there looking at tickets. I remember mm-hmm. sitting there looking at tickets. And even after that conversation with her, we kept like playing it back. Like, are we going to are we going to get these tickets? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada. School is going to happen. I was going to school, you know, back to college and we were like, can we make this work? Blah, blah, blah. We ended up not getting tickets, not because we couldn't afford them because at that time they were terribly expensive, but like not anywhere near where they were going to be for Mm -hmm. years. 
They were just normal Broadway expensive, like $110. And well, and it wasn't even on Broadway yet. Say that is one of the no, but like normal, normal, like Broadway, normal Broadway money, you know, normal New York money, 110, 95, whatever, 85. And to this day, she will say that was, she really regrets it. She will continue to tell me she regrets it. So I remember when the album came out, but more specifically, I remember trying to convince my parents. See, this was all, this was all a ploy because I was trying to convince my parents now that I had missed this other window. Now it was going to become more expensive. This is still before awards, still before mm-hmm. Tony's. Yeah. The I mean, it album came, out, came out. It came out on Broadway a whole year before Tony season. So. Yes. But the album came out also before the Tonys. Right. 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 Way yeah. before. And so, yes. And so we're we're on a we're on a family trip. We are driving in Arizona, New Mexico, and I'm like, this is the perfect time. It's true. We're gonna listen to a musical start to finish. My parents probably hated me, but we did it, and they liked it. And I was like, yeah, let's go. Hey. Yeah, boy. Um. Anyway, so that was the beginning. I went to New York in. Oh, dang it! I didn't write it down. I went to New York when Ham for Ham was still happening. I actually saw the last Ham for Ham, or the, I'm pretty sure the last or the second to last Ham for Ham show. That's right, the second to last Ham for Ham show. And we'll talk about who I saw and what Ham for Ham is for those who don't know. But anyway, that happened in 20. 20- 16 the fall of 2016 still had not seen hamilton it was like all the rage but also i was just i was you know i don't know thinking about other things but i was studying abroad and i spent one week in london while i was studying abroad between like during revision so after classes ended and before my exams and i spent it with a friend but during the day she had stuff to do with her family or had to revise and I just would walk around and one day I walked around the theater district because I'm a crazy woman and I I would and they were putting in Hamilton had yet to come to the UK it was opening they were redoing the stage they were working on things and so I, I I like would walk I walked by I walked by like three times that week and at the same time the um the uh, Harry Potter Cursed Child music, uh, play mm. was happening like a few doors down. So I would just like walk around the theater district. I had never been to the West End before. And so I just walked around. And finally, I like, I thought to myself, I wonder if they have like some kind of like advanced ticket or something. And I went up to them, <clears throat> the guy, there was like a guy standing outside. I said, like, are the, when do tickets go on sale? And he kind of told me. And then the Cursed Child thing also, they had like a rolling ticket lottery. And you could put in for what was going to be for 2018. That's so far away. It was the yeah. fall of 2016. I mean, it was soon to be 2017. But come on. I put in for that lottery for the Cursed Child in London. And I am back in the United States after the first of the year in 2017. And I get an email notification that I get to pick my seats for the cursed child part one and two. <laughs> so in London, so by the crazy. way, I live in the United yeah. States. 
And so I convinced my parents, then I convinced my parents that we were going to get tickets for their tickets and my lottery tickets for a cursed child. And of course we should see Hamilton. So I went to the UK to see Hamilton basically is what happened. And I saw Hamilton January, 2018 Mm -hmm. in the UK. Very interesting. It was amazing by the way, but it was very interesting to see a very American musical. And when I say that, I mean uh, written about American history and also a rap musical Mm. in a place in the West end where like, that just and and like it, it just avant-garde is not how i would say the west end functions you know that's not that's not what i think of yeah. when i think of the west yeah. end well british so, audiences yeah, are very anyways, different than american audiences of course of course yeah. so any that's my experience with hamilton i will say i did not watch the pro shot until literally a week and a half ago when so I so wild <laughs> oh so wild we'll, we'll talk about it we'll talk about it I think I have a lot of feelings about Hamilton. Obviously, I know mm. I fell in love with the musical while it was happening. And then it became so overwhelmingly popular that I have really come to a point where I'm like, I don't like it. And now I think I may be coming back to a point where I like it. But it just was like so overwhelmingly in the pop culture and everywhere. And mm. people who, in my opinion, don't like musicals we're like quoting it and pretending that they liked musicals, which is totally fine. And part of the point. Right. And also I was like, you're taking up space that like I'm supposed to be taking up. And also this wasn't cool until now. And I feel like other things are still not cool about musical theater um, that we're just glossing over, but well, we'll see how many that girls say, that's my experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we haven't officially said to Hamilton and American Musical, of course, a sung and rapped through by a, yeah. by a biographical musical with music, lyrics, and book by Lin-Manuel Miranda based on the 2004 biography Alexander Hamilton by Ron Chernow. The musical opened on Broadway August 6, 2015. It went on... Um, to receive uniformly positive reviews and high box office sales at the 75th, 70th annual Tony Awards. It was nominated for 16 nominations, a record-breaking, and ended up winning 11. Um, it won a Pulitzer Prize for drama. Lynn won the MacArthur Genius Grant during this time. Um, there was a production in Chicago that opened in September 2016. The West End production, as Rachel said, in 2017. Um, it won seven Olivier Awards in 2018. Um, and there's been a bunch of national tours, U.S. national tours. And then also the first non-English language production opened in Hamburg, Germany, in October 2022. <laughs> Crazy crazy um yeah it's just crazy to think to think that people who are listening to a theater nerd podcast don't know about hamilton is just like it it just in this current century it just isn't happening yeah it is truly like i think people talk about like rent phenomenon or even cats phenomenon we talked about when we talked about cats rawr or or meow or um (laughs) yeah or um wicked phenomenon like i feel like Hamilton is so different 
in a sense. I mean, obviously we lived through it, so there's that. Like we didn't really live through. I mean, we lived through it wicked, but we were a little young for that. And I feel like the social media was like just at its like the right peak of Hamilton and where the country mm-hmm. was like everything was kind of everything in the world was setting up Hamilton to be the success that it was. However, I was thinking in the car today, driving, listening to Hamilton, preparing for this. I was thinking, what if Hamilton had come out and it had just been like another show? And it was like, like, could you even imagine that? It would be, it's just crazy to think like that could have happened. It could have just come to Broadway and it would have been like, oh, remember that show about that rap show that Lin-Manuel Miranda did? And yeah. Like in the, it could have been in, in the Heights. In the Heights was very successful for what it was, but before Hamilton, nobody, no commoner knew in the Heights. Like nobody yeah. knew that. Theater nerds, people yeah. knew. Right. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about why we think this is. I mean, I think it it obviously has become synonymous with pop culture, right? Like right. there was a point when Hamilton itself was pop culture, like random people, random people who are not right. theater people were quoting Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Oprah mm-hmm. is quoting Hamilton. My, <laughs> Oprah. my history teacher is quoting Hamilton. It's like a slogan. It was like branded everywhere. I mean, like, I just can't even imagine the royalties on some of the words and like the faces and like all of that. And the, I mean, just, it just, mm-hmm. just became this, it became this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And here are my, here's my brief soapbox. Although I haven't thought about long on why this is the case. Number one, Americans love American history. True. Love it. We love. Very we proud. Love We're very proud. This was a time when for many years, we have already, not to the extent that we do now, but in the, our minds at that point, we were like, we're experiencing such division, how terrible it is. Wouldn't it be nice to just go to a, a musical where, or something where we feel like invested in who we are while also like learning something and yada, yada. And I would say mm-hmm. like, I, I really think that the, I think the presidency really lent itself to this kind of space taking up space in like popular culture as well as like on Broadway. And so, and then, so those, those are two separate points. And then I would say the third Mm -hmm. thing is we love novelty. Like the, the, the whole show feels like Les Mis in the sense of being sung through, but Mm -hmm. also it is like very not but it is not so not that white people are afraid of it. And like, right. that's the real part of this. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when you think about the Broadway audience, it is, it is majority still. It is unfortunately majority upper middle, upper class. Right. Right. And so to have a, to have a show that speaks to so many different types of audiences or doesn't, or alternatively doesn't ostracize audiences is a big deal, both on in terms of the box office, but in ticket sales, but also in terms of like how it could become a part of mm-hmm. our history. I think at a certain point too, the narrative of this show is actually as good as people are saying it is. Yes. Is, is what carried it through to a phenomenon. And I think, and I think just the out, like people talking about it and 
I mean, when it was off Broadway, I think the biggest thing was that so many celebrities were going off Broadway that it was like, oh, I guess this is something people need to look out for, you know, people that pay attention to that. But once the album came out, I think it just like blew up even from there. But I think, again, people are like, even I remember when the Hamilton film came out on Disney Plus, the pro shot, I mean, they were film podcasts I listened to that were like oh I hadn't you know I'd heard that it was good it came in it came to my town but I just didn't get a chance to see it and then I finally watched it and I was like damn like two songs in I was like damn this is actually really good and it's like no duh no shit Hamilton is good (laughs) like everyone says that but yeah I think that that's right like the hype the hype actually it lives up to the hype because it actually is set apart and set above is it overdone maybe like, is it Sometimes, overdone in the sure. theater in the theater space? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, would we wish that it was taking up less theater space? Maybe. But mm-hmm. I, I think that, yeah, it live. I mean, there is no part of the show where you're like, ah, oh, it could be better. No. I have thoughts on that, but we're gonna pause here and talk about criticisms of the show. We're gonna talk about critiques. Cause I when I I actually in preparing for this, I listened to a couple podcasts that I'll link in the show notes if you guys want to listen to. Some of them back when the Hamill film came out, some of them just in general of when Hamilton was going on during its craze. Cause I feel like it has died down a little bit too. I think it got some hype again once the film came out, but now it's kind of, it's, I mean, like everyone, it is funny when I, when I talk about doing a theater podcast, everyone's like, oh, do you like Hamilton? That's like one of the first things that people <laughs> it ask. Is, it is, is I funny. will say it is the language, it is the piece of language that non-theater people mm-hmm. can speak to theater people, I think. True, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of this criticism that I found was actually more, had more come to light when the Hamilton film came out on Disney Plus in 2020 because of events that had happened prior to the Hamilton film. Among them, the George Floyd murder, the Black Lives Matter marches, and kind of the unrest in our country, the social unrest and justice in our country of racial inequality, which has been going on for obviously hundreds of years, but coming to light a little bit more with those events um and because of that there were there was a historian by the name of um lyra montero i believe her she wrote a or excuse me they wrote a um article kind of back when hamilton first came out about their criticisms about hamilton but then also there's an interview that came out with slate.com um that came out um, with with them that I highly recommend reading because it's just fascinating and I'll link it in the show notes. But Montero wrote in their kind of article about the show, um, they said, quote, with a cast dominated by actors of color, the play is nonetheless yet another edition of the, quote, exclusive part, uh, exclusive past with its focus on the deeds of great white men and it's silencing the presence of contributions of people of color. She also writes about the first lines of the show, quote, Hamilton got a lot farther by working a lot harder by being a self-starter. It's the idea that we have in this country that the American dream is achievable. If you work enough and if you are poor and unsuccessful, it's because you didn't try and therefore you deserve what you have or rather what you don't have. 
No, absolutely. I mean, yeah. love that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. wait, I want to caveat what I said before about how you're, the show. I think musically, like it, as a musical, I don't think that there's anything uh, personally that this show could have done better to be a mu better musical as a musical. But as someone who loves musicals, I mean, I, re I remember hearing a lot of things about Hamilton, even when it was at the peak of everything mm -hmm. related to criticism. Yeah. And I'm like, have you ever seen another musical? Have you ever sat down and said, yeah, this musical fully depicts the full meaning of like, have you have you watched right. musical theater? Like right. there is not enough time and space to deal yeah. with every single complexity. Does that mean that we should not be like considering this argument? Absolutely not. I completely agree. But would this be an argument that we would have if it was SpongeBob? Like if it was something that only theater nerds know? Oh, no, I don't think so. Like, I, I, there are so many shows, including, including shows that have recently won Tonys and Best Musicals, where I'm like, that does not explain or fully make a picture of everyone who should have been a part of that dialogue. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it can because of the way that it is as a musical. The medium, mm -hmm. I guess, is what I'm saying. The medium doesn't always lend itself to what a critical essay a film or even a play might be able mm -hmm. to lend itself to yeah yeah i agree i think well first of all i want to talk like we're talking as two white individuals so obviously if you want to hear other yes absolutely commentary on it yes, please no, you know we're not the experts in this but i think montero's argument in talking about i think the show itself kind of took unfortunately maybe not even unfortunately took on that narrative because it is a historical show and with the right. what in what she she's in, they don't call it colorblind casting but they call it like color what i was looking it up race conscious casting is what they talk about i do want to mention go i mean obviously we're talking about a little part of the you know their their historical work on it go read the interview go read their article if you want to learn more about it but in 2020 obviously this is a tweet so we can't you know but lynn responded someone uh, on twitter tweeted at him and said i'm late yes. with the hamilton criticism stuff and i'm clearly biased but i really like this conversation is happening Hamilton, the play and the movie were given to us in two different worlds and our willingness to interrogate things in this way feels like a clear sign of change. And Lynn responds, appreciate you so much. All the criticisms are valid. The sheer tonage of complexities and failings of these people I couldn't get or wrestled with but cut. I took six years and fit as much as I could into a 2.5 hour musical. Did my best. It's all fair game. Yeah, I think that's a great response. I think that it yeah. doesn't belittle like the real. I remember seeing that tweet. I this was a big yeah. deal when all of these things were coming out because I feel we were obviously 2020. Besides a pandemic, we were all sitting at home, being able to critique big commercial things that had n never taken a stand yeah. one way or another about racial inequities, mm -hmm. and we were like, the time is now, everyone. And I completely get <laughs> yeah. that. And also, I think that there is a space for critique. I mean. When I think about Shakespeare's work, I hope that when anyone is doing anything related to Shakespeare, that we're critiquing the fact of, is this a narrative because we believe that women actually are this way? Or is this a critique 
on how we believe women are this way, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, but we should constantly be having that conversation when we're, when we are putting in place something that feels like otherisms or isn't like fully allowing everyone to have the space mm-hmm. in the narrative. Mm-hmm. Completely agree with, with that. And I think if we ever get a time where it's not Scamilton to do Hamilton, I really hope that those are right. the conversations that like little theater troops are having of like, how are we going to cast this? How do we want to do this? It does this. What does this feel like? Will we read this experience differently? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All of those. And Honestly, uh, you know, I have watched so many interviews with Lin-Manuel Miranda and the and the and the creative team around Hamilton. I mean, th- honestly, probably thousands in the past eight years it's been on Broadway. And Dude, Miranda, I, I feel like from the Taylor. from the it's true, true. From the beginning, they have been so clear of like this is just like a dramatic retelling of his life, and some things, you know he took dramatic license. I mean, for example, like Angelica was actually married when he met Hamilton and had um, other siblings and had, and had um, brothers and things like that. And in the show, Angelica is single when she meets Hamilton. So things like that, that he took artistic license. Um, And the tagline that, that the creative team used to say was this is a story of America then told by America now which I which I always thought was like such a great like way of explaining it um Mm -hmm. but it is interesting to think about like there's really not that many references to slavery in the piece there's really like there's little things like if you notice and what did I miss which is the Thomas Jefferson number like they're all wearing gloves which is supposed to symbolize like that they're all the servants and the slaves and then obviously he yeah. referenced Sally in like one line, um, Sally Hemings, yeah. Thomas Jefferson. But like another big critique I heard about this show, and then we'll move on from this, is that um, like George Washington is like this venerated person in the show, right. and this huge part. But he also like owned a lot of people, and like like was a huge slave owner. So like. Obviously, you're weighing both of these things. But I also think, like, even going back and watching the show again, like, I haven't watched it or listened to it in a while because I just did for five years straight or whatever. That For so long. Yeah. That I just don't think that's this. That's not what this show is trying to do. They're not trying to, like, another maybe another writer would have been like, okay, that's what I want to focus on, and that's the story, like slave play or something. Obviously, it's not like you know, something like that. Like, <laughs> that's like the show, like, that's what that show's message is. But Hamilton is talking about a different message, and it's focusing on like one man's experience, even equating it to there was some criticism over Oppenheimer this summer. Like, people mm-hmm. were like, well, why didn't you even talk about the Okinawa at all? Like, the, the atom bomb, like decimating these people and i and a lot of people i'm not saying this is right or wrong but you know christopher nolan has talked about how this yeah. is like one singular the movie is about his this one man singular um point of view and his you know effect the effect that the atom bomb had on his life mm-hmm. and i think it's often it's a little bit similar with hamilton hamilton is a straight i mean there's obviously other characters that you follow but it's straight up and down like just it's hamilton's point of view and it's his 
it's about you know it's told through his lens so yeah i mean i'm sure i could have many thoughts about all of this yeah. i i think one of the things that come to mind when thinking about this specifically about how other people have been left out of the narrative or that we haven't expressed like the full picture of what was actually happening at the time is that that feels like a place where it's not urgent to do that where like i've heard people say well, that's a cr critique like that you feel that you it's not urgent for you to have that position mm -hmm. or for you to not be able or not use this part of your of this story or this platform to speak to that. A totally fair critique. I am thankfully not Lin-Manuel Miranda. I do not have a big platform. <laughs> I don't have to. I, you know, like the idea of how to utilize who my platform looks so much different than someone who's writing a musical or someone mm -hmm. who's producing pop uh, songs or someone who is, you know, an Emmy win winner and has their own like TV show. Right. Like, mm. obviously, all those forms are different. And the idea of urgency of expressing other people's stories or or a group of people's stories can feel different. Um and I totally get that. So I, I think that I agree in the sense that I, I think that the point of Hamilton is not, are, are not those things. I actually don't think it's really about, I don't really think it's about American history, to be honest. I think it's <laughs> like this complicated love story and betrayal. And if we change the characters and changed the setting, it easily could be a Greek tragedy or... Mm -hmm. a love story or a Jane Austen musical, right? <laughs> right? Like there right. are a lot of things about this that to me, the point is not, well, who are we as Americans? I it's I think that's great if that's something that we're thinking about or like who are like, we need to rewrite our story or whatever. And I, I get how you can feel that way, especially because of the last song. But I, I think that this is actually like you were saying about someone's experience and their experiences with other people versus really America, even though it's told in the setting of America and American history as the players of the narrative. I think if you strip all those things away, you would be, you actually might see something very close to other storylines that are mm. not all that different. Should it well, be think, more politically engaged? Maybe. Maybe. I think what's kind of genius about this show is that it, 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 goes up to the line of political conversation but then it leaves it there and it, it has you ask those questions and go if you want to go dive deeper you can and i think that's kind of ultimately i mean we talk about this on the show like entertainment like this is entertainment and it's what it's supposed to do it's but i feel like art and entertainment at a certain point is just supposed to like cause conversation and I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but like it's it's helping uh, yeah. people dive back into it's having people have these conversations. You know, it's it's having one person be like, this is the most amazing thing ever created and it's perfect the way it is. And then also having that other the historian that I was talking about that set, uh, talking about the criticisms like both can be true and valid. Right. And, and, and an ingenious part of this is that you are not ostracizing either parts of those experiences, mm -hmm. like a musical that allows both, both kinds of people or all kinds of people in and is able to be the, the 
place where communication and conversation start is actually crazy. And the second thing is, isn't that what all like really good, powerful musicals do is they make you question who you are and the choices you're making in the world that you're in. And once again, I, I'm not trying to belittle the political part of or the American history part of Hamilton. But right. to me, if we're thinking about like Les Mis or we're thinking about Next to Normal, which are to me very powerful musicals, I don't leave thinking that I'm going to join the French Revolution. But I do think about I wish like these, right? But I do think about these power structures that are making people and little children die for no reason. Mm-hmm. And I think like, are there right like at it's not thrown in my face like, oh, I should think about how right. that's related to me because it's a classic musical now. But like mm. next to normal or there are many other shows where you're learning something about yourself and you're being able to have a space where you think about what you're experiencing and what what the world is trying to make you experience versus what you mm-hmm. want to experience. And I think that that's all powerful musicals. And I don't think that that means that this is not especially or differently powerful. I'm just saying, I think when you strip it down, there are a lot of, like, I don't think that Lynn was like, yeah, I'm going to just write a musical (laughs) about American history. I think Mm -hmm. Lynn was like, I'm going to write a musical and this is how I'm going to do it. But he was Mm -hmm. very, from what I understand, very engrossed in big, big musical people like Rent or like people, when I say people, I mean musicals like Rent and Les Mis and other musicals that really made him think, what do these shows think and make me think and make me feel? And mm-hmm. how do I portray that in a different way, but in a similar kind of way through this medium that I'm making? That's yeah. different. There's lots of influences on this show. And I also think like because of the amount of time that Lynn took to wrote the write wrote the show, write this show. <laughs> Six um, years. He, it's not like he didn't think about these things. Like yeah. he thought a lot about all of this I feel well, like yeah I don't and I don't think that that means we can't critique him I think it's no I think it's great true. I think we, it's great I think great things come from critiques of other people yeah. we wouldn't have Hamilton without Rent yeah for sure right? I mean we wouldn't have Lin-Manuel Miranda without Rent period so right so right. there's this right like and Rent was not mm-hmm. <laughs> is by no means without critique both on the musical side and also on the like what is the messaging and who have we left out and so i think that i think critique if we allow it to can Mm -hmm. can create even better things Mm -hmm. in the same space Yeah. yeah for sure Let's transition to the music because there's a lot to say also with that i kind of think that from a musical standpoint it's kind of perfect I just that's what i said that. earlier i know i know i'm just adding to it i'm just adding to it it is like every song is good i'm not even it. saying like even just going through like watching it again on disney plus i was like wow every part of the show is good and i think what ultimately obviously we were talking about the phenomenon part of it and the the hype uh, it, it it the the hype of it you know you came to the show and then you were like oh this the hype is actually real is that every single part of it is good it's not just the music but it's also the costumes it's also the lighting design of the show is unbelievable the choreography, the choreography is insane this the set. the set is simple but i think is also just incredible and it should have won set design but i will get off my soap off my soapbox about that um <laughs> and just 
every single piece of the show comes together to make it what it is. Yeah. If it was just like, and there's so much of it that also could have gone wrong too. Like that, <laughs> that could have been bad, but every single part of it is so intentional. I feel like, and show like thought, thought and cared for. Um, but yeah, there's like, I, I mean, I think there's like 46 songs in the show. So there's a lot of songs. There are 46 songs, two hours and 22 minutes. Yes, it's 2.40. But there's actually, there's actually, right, an extra song that's not in the album. Correct. That's in the show. Yeah, yeah. which is the uh, Story of Tonight reprise with John Lawrence and the letter from him. Um, yeah, let's talk about, I mean, I, there's a lot of songs I love in this show, obviously. Do you have a, what's, what do you think about the music and what's your favorite song? The music is crazy and I still do not know all the lyrics. Mm -hmm. I was not one of those people where I was like, I'm going to learn the entire Guns and Chips. It wasn't me. It was never going to be me. It wasn't me. I was over We'll post a video on our Instagram of us trying to do it though. Just singing. This week. Yeah. No. Um, I, what's so funny is that some of the one-liners are so good. Like, you're mm-hmm. just like, how many edits did you do to get this as right. the one-liner? Right. Oh my God. Right. Um, I think the best part about the music is actually the acting. And I know that that's very weird. And then I'll name my actual favorite song or songs, but the mm-hmm. acting is so, it comes across so well with the music. And I mm-hmm. don't know of a lot of shows where every character is a character. Let me explain more. (laughs) There's almost always a character actor, right? Like that person who like, you know, who, who's like playing it up and their songs are like kind of sung talked and like, they have like Mm -hmm. maybe one big number and they're like a jazz hands, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're like the character, every single person in this show is a caricature is of Ed their character in a way that about. right yes and it really comes across in the music and that makes sense because the music is the dialogue but, but except Burr if you think about it he's no the but only that's one. his character his character is not right. having a character he literally has no backbone he has no <laughs> nothing to like he has mm-hmm. no substance and that's, that's right that's the point so I really I really love it. It's it's genius. I don't know if that was intentional or if it just happened, but it's amazing. And I will say, mm. obviously, the people we get some of the most character from are sometimes in the rapping. You know, you get some real good one-liners. But I mm-hmm. would say the character of all characters from this musical has just a few songs. And <laughs> that would be uh, the king, Jonathan Groff himself. Right. He'll be back. And all three of those songs are mm-hmm. incredible. They're incredible. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily my favorite, but I think it is my favorite in the sense of it is just stylistically so very different from every other song. It's very mm-hmm. Beatles. It's very British. Mm-hmm. It's a love song from the King of England to the It's colonies. a breakup song. Oh, yeah, but it's a but it's yeah. also a love song. And it's mm-hmm. so weird. It's just like, mm-hmm. who thought of this? It's so good. Yeah, he wrote it on his honeymoon. It's so, Did you it's know so this? unexpected, I would say. I know. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. Which I'm yeah. like, wow, his wife, what a woman. Um, yeah, his but wife I, I, does I, seem amazing. I just got to yes. shout that out. Shout out to Vanessa. Yes. Like, wow. But I think that my 
actual favorite song um, might be Dear Theodosia. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Not a hot take. I I think that's a great song. It's so good. Okay, what about you? That's a really good choice. There are so many songs. It's hard to choose. Um, my favorite song in the whole show is Satisfied, and I think it's also the best song in the show. Um, I think, I think when you boil it down, I think Satisfied is the best writing that Lynn has done. Mm. I know that's a hot, maybe that is a hot take, but... I'm just trying to figure out why that over other things. <laughs> I think the and and also when you combine the staging of it too like the rewind part obviously we use that in our tony's rewind there is a reason but um yes Yes. but the the staging of it it feels very cinematic which i think is incredible and i just have seen i obviously there's lots of um what are they called well my brain is not working right now um there's lots of the the spinning turntables turntable thank you i cannot think of the word lazy susans there's lots of lazy susans um there's lots of turntables in theater but the way that the turntable is used in satisfied is something that i have never seen in a musical and i think it is so well staged can we just have a quick tangent just a quick just a quick tangent yeah 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 quick tangent Hamilton has done for the turntables like nobody else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it really I I need some data points. Someone data mine this for me. How many musicals after Hamilton started to have a turntable because of Hamilton? Yeah. That's I just yeah. need a quick some quick points. I know that they existed before, but they feel like I felt like immediately after everyone was like, gotta get a turntable. That's clearly what made Hamilton so great. Right. Right, right. And Les Mis have been doing it for like 30 years, yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think Sorry, it's funny that, from your point. like, we, my wife and I were watching Queen Charlotte the other day, and I was like, you know, I don't think we'd have Bridgerton if not for Hamilton. Like, I really don't think we would have. I love that take. Yeah. Although we did have the the books, to be clear, before. Yes, Hamilton. but the, bu- I mean, like, the casting choices in Bridgerton. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I hear you. I think there are five songs in the show that are like these are the like these are the ones that I always come back to which are Satisfied, um, Wait For It, The Room Where It Happens, You'll Be Back, and Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story. Those are the ones that I think I think Almost pretty much every song in the show is a banger, but I think those five in particular are like, wow, these are like yeah. elevated for me at least. So there are one or two songs that I'll skip, but I still love them. <laughs> What's the song you skip? What like, stay alive. Skip? This is what we should like, stay alive. I don't know. That's I'm like, a song eh. you skip? I'm like, eh. oh, I've heard it so many times now that I'm like, eh, it's fine. I don't know oh, if I yeah. skip any in the second act, to be honest. I do oh, think which worse. act do you think is stronger? I kind of I I don't know because they're both very that's different. For sure. Interesting. A lot of people say the second act is stronger. Yeah, I definitely think the first. I think the first act, the first act reads to me as a historic, like as a historical, like um historical fiction you know Mm -hmm. like it it's really giving me the 
pre-Bridgerton energy I needed. Right. Right. And the second the second act, I'm like, why is everything so sad and so tragic? And also <laughs> I hate America and guns yeah. and yeah. like all this. And I feel like mm-hmm. I'm watching the John Adams documentary on it or the series on <laughs> HBO. I really like the first act because it feels like there's a lot of like pettiness and like th- things are at stake, but not in the same way as the second act. It's interesting because the first act feels like a tra- uh, trajectory of like the war and like getting it finished and and it's like going up 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 and the second act is like starting and then it's like coming down a little bit and we're like we're like you know we're starting the country we're like building these new things and then obviously the tragedy of spoiler philip hamilton dying I mean, it's quiet uptown. Also, another band, like, it's sad, but it's such a banger. It's so good. It's so, so well written and so good. good. Yeah. It is yeah. good. Yeah. That's what it just amazes me. And what's interesting is every interview that you find with a cast member, which will transition to the cast, of course, is that every almost every single cast member cites Wait for It as their favorite song. Isn't that so interesting? I find that so fascinating. That's so funny. I do want to talk. I have two more things about the songs before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you might have this in your fun facts, but I'm stealing them. So I looked up how long this, this, how many words. There's someone who has calculated Mm -hmm. how many words are in the show. Mm -hmm. And it's like over 200,000 words. It's crazy. Um, That's crazy. That'd be crazy. And you know how many that would take if you were just like singing naturally and like not having. When I say naturally, I mean like, like um, like like it's lameness, like singing like lameness. Sorry, I don't know why I said it like that. Mm -hmm. But like singing like it's lameness. It would be like six hours. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so long. That's so much information. He packed so many words, so many things in there. It's that, that no wonder at the end you're like, yeah. oh my god. And but I think that that's also partly why <laughs> the music is so cool is because you get there are these songs where you're like, how am I simply going to take in all the information mm-hmm. that's currently happening? And then a few songs later, you're like, okay, I got it right. Like I'm yeah. here and I'm experiencing the emotion. I think that that's I don't know how he decided in which order things needed to go musically. True. That's that's really cool. And well, and there's so many sh- callbacks and there's so many callbacks yes. and um, foreshadowing in the piece. Like there's so much foreshadowing. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yes. And so much is like echoing each other. That is um, very interesting and very intentional. I do think I always tell people when they watch the Hamilton film is I'm like, watch it with subtitles. Like it will help you immensely. Like it really well if you're watching it for the first time. So just a little, just a little PSA from me to you. But I will say Guns and Chips, which once again, I will never be rapping because I cannot speak that fast. 6.3 words per second. Yeah. Insane. What? So insane. I'm just saying that's crazy. That's amazing. Let's talk about this cast. Do you think that Lynn will put himself in his next musical? (laughs) I always like saying people are pulling a Lynn when they're like directing and starring. Right. Bradley uh, Cooper. Maestro. Right. Also, um, yeah. Daniel Levy in that new yes. Good Grief movie. Yes, I've not watched it yet. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet either, but it's on my yeah. list. Review to come on our letterbox. Uh, um, 
Um, <laughs> yeah, this cast is just insane. I just wanna, I just wanna go through because I, 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 I looked through all, almost every single principal original cast member has gone on to do so many successful and qu- I mean, some things more than others, yeah. but they have gone on to continually work in the business, which is so hard to do. And yeah. even if you're in a hit show, I mean, if, even if you think about like the rent original cast, like there's maybe two people that we like still know and are working like actively working. I mean, everyone may be still working. And some of them are on tours are doing tours. Right. Right. Like, Yeah. Not that that's yeah. beneath them, but you're like, right. shouldn't you be on Broadway? Right, right. Again, okay, obviously Lynn, you know, he's like maybe one of the most well-recognized figures in American theater right now. Um, he has done many things. Moana, he's writing Moana while he was performing the show, which is insane. He has done, you know, Encanto, which ended up being like maybe one of the biggest hits of his career even though Hamilton is also up there, but Encanto like friggin' was huge. It was crazy. Um, Leslie Odom Jr. is, has such an interesting career. I mean, he goes on, he wins the Tony award for this role. He then goes on and is in like murder on the Orient express. Obviously before this, he was on smash, which we all love. And then he goes on to be in. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Amazing. Harriet, the movie Harriet, The Many Saints of New York, The Sopranos prequel, Glass Onion. Album drop. Yeah. The Christmas album, which is like huge for him. He has another album that's not a Christmas album that that he drops. Right. It's not in tours. He's in the Knives Out sequel. Oh, yes. He did. He did. The Knives Out yeah. sequel, which is amazing. He's not that big in it, but I, I love that movie so much. And the, this is the thing, is that Oscar nominated for One Night in Miami, which was the 2020 year, and literally no one talks about this. I'm like, Leslie Adam Jr. was freaking Oscar nominated for, for a role. Whatever. Okay, I love this. Yeah. Philippa Sue, I think maybe out of all the principal people, as much as I love Philippa Sue, she's one of the only people that, like, has kind of gone up and down in her career since Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she's done some movies, but not to anything of the degree of like any of the other principal. Um, she hasn't been in a long running TV show, like some of the other principal characters, but she has done a lot of theater. She did Amelie on Broadway. She did Suffs at the public, which we'll see if she'll come back for that on Broadway. She did into the woods. Of course she did Camelot, lots of things. Um, we know and, how oh, on on her Wikipedia, it's Gutenberg, the producer, one night only. So love that. Um, love that for her. Yeah, Renee Lee Goldsberry playing Angelica. First of all, she originated Nettie in the color purple, which I did not know. Um, amazing. So, but she has again gone on okay. to have such an interesting career after Hamilton. Um, Girls she goes five on. Eva. Yeah, Girls Five Eva. She goes on to do that. She does a bunch of um, television work, other roles. She's on. She's in She-Hulk on Disney Plus, the Marvel show. I'm just like, this is. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. Um, Christopher Jackson, of course, longtime collaborator with Lynn, was in In the Heights. He was in um, a lot of other Broadway shows. Um, 
he went on after Hamilton to go be in six season running um, CBS show Bull. Did you ever watch Bull or know what Bull is? Yeah. Mm -mm. We're not the target audience for Bull. Do I watch CBS only for the Tony Awards? Right, right. But again, six seasons. I mean, that's him. That's paying his house. I mean, that I mean, Hamilton's probably also paying for a house, but but that's like helping pay for you know, a lot of things. So that's good on him. He's also in the Sex in the City and just like that revival. So good for him. David Diggs, one of the biggest careers since Hamilton. I mean, Love him. obviously, of course, goes on to keep doing his rapping career, but um, lots of television. Snowpiercer has a lead role in that show. Blind Spotting, which is a movie he makes, but then produces the TV show with another, also with another Hamilton star, which we'll talk about. Um, but movies, Velvet Buzzsaw, he's done Soul. He had a little part in Soul. But then, of course, recently last year, he played Sebastian the Crab in Ham- in, in Hamilton, in, in The Little Mermaid. In Hamilton. Yeah. And he's I mean. in that show, um, Central Park. Oh, yeah. Central Park. Yeah. Or Central Park. Yeah, Central Park. Yeah. It's an animated yeah. show. Yes, which is leaving Apple TV, though, is what I heard. Or, like, it's not coming back for another season. Mm-hmm. But sad. No. Yeah. sad. Anthony Ramos, John Lawrence, and Philip Hamilton, also another huge career. I mean, goes on to do A Star is Born with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper as Lady Gaga's best friend. And then goes on to starring in the Heights. And then this last summer he was in Transformers. So it's just wild. That is so crazy. Okay, I want to make sure I say this name right. Okarita on Ana Doan. But Oak is how they is how they refer to him, playing Hercules Mulligan and James Madison. He goes on to be in Station 19, which is a long-running ABC show, and he's in that. For like a hundred episodes or something. I mean, again, they're just getting these houses paid for. That's all I'm saying. Um, and then, more. and then he of course Getting goes on to yeah. That's that's all I'm saying. I just want these people to buy a house. <laughs> he of course goes in goes on to star as a replacement in Natasha Pierre in the Great Comet of 1812, which was a huge thing that should not have been a thing. And then last year was on <laughs> was on the revival of a doll's house with Jessica Chastain. So good for him. I'm just saying this cast is insane. Of course, King George, the third himself. I mean, we've talked about, go listen to our deep dive with Jonathan Groff. I mean, yeah. Incredible. Will he win this with his Tony this year? Only time will tell. Last but not least, Jasmine Cephas Jones playing Peggy Schuyler goes on to do the blind spotting movie with David Diggs, but then also goes on to do the TV show. She's also in um, Marriage Story as a theater actor. You can see her in the background. I've watched that movie. Origin is a movie that's coming out this year with directed by Ava DuVernay. She has a big role in that. I'm just, and she's also doing a music career herself. And also her dad was in This Is Us. So cool. I just got to say that. Um, Every single principal cast member has done so well after. And then you look at the ensemble. Yeah, exactly. The ensemble, I mean, like Ephraim Sykes has gone on to do stuff. 
there's a freaking Oscar winner in the ensemble, Ariana DeBose. Who knew that would happen? I love watching the pro shot and just watching Ariana DeBose in every scene. It's so fun. So good. It is. That's the thing about the Hamilton effect is that it really <laughs> projected people's careers like no, I feel like no other show. I mean, maybe Wicked, but in the modern era, like it's kind of crazy. Well, and I think this goes back to what I said before. It it literally ran right into popular culture. Like this, like I think about Spring Awakening. A lot of those people right. had had a really good career and still do have a really good career post that. It, obviously, they were ch- children, basically, and also mostly in the theater industry, mm-hmm. but not always. But but this, I mean, first of all, there are more, way more people in the cast. And also, yeah. it hit popular culture. And that's when you see this, like, Hollywood shake hands mm-hmm. with the theater world. Uh, because it got so much buzz. It got so much buzz so quickly, especially, I think, because of mm-hmm. the cast album. That people that knew those people's names who were in, in the show. Also, the show is so unique that every single character, especially the principal roles, are so important yeah and they are constantly present and coming in and out of the show um and if their character dies they come back as some other character you know what i mean like you just have like all Mm -hmm. these other or like it's you know there's people who play more than one character but i think i do think that this hamilton effect as you called it um (laughs) is related to the pop culture hollywood versus just it being such a great musical Uh, although possible but i bet all these people would have stayed in if it was just tony tony like all the won all those tonys and that's it and it didn't Mm -hmm. reach popular culture almost all those people would probably have good work for sure right it it would not be six seasons on cbs right i wonder (laughs) i mean i wonder if that's Ariana DeBose probably still would have auditioned for West Side Story, though, and probably still gotten probably. that, which is interesting. Yeah, I'm not saying that none of this yeah. wouldn't have happened. No, 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 I know. I just about I just like to think of the what ifs. It happened. Like, how, yeah, yeah. how much yeah. it happened across the board. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also you have to realize that some of those people were already Broadway, Broadway people. And so then they were mm-hmm. breaking out from Broadway, even though they were on Broadway, into other places through yeah. their roles in Hamilton. So for sure. Tell me about your experience watching the pro shot for the first time. Okay, so it's been six years since I've seen it. No, that's not it's true because I saw it I that's not true. Because I saw it when it came to Richmond, whenever that was. Oh, okay. Right before So the you pandemic. lied in the beginning. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, because that was second. That was the second time I'd seen it. Oh, so you saw it in London first. Yes. 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 Oh, oh, I see. I yes, see. Absolutely. So you saw it. You saw it in 2019 or 2020. Second. I think it was 2019 because it couldn't have been 2020. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So I anyway, all that to say, it's been about five years since I've seen the musical. So it was enough time that had passed for me to watch yeah. it. Yeah. Um. I think. You know, it's so funny. Someone said to me the other day, they did not know we were recording a podcast about, or that that I record a podcast at all. So they didn't even know. But they said, you know, I tried to watch the Hamilton Pro Shot and I couldn't do it because I just was so mad that I wasn't there watching it happen live while this was happening. Wow. Right? 
made it 30 minutes in and said, you know what? I want to see this first on the stage. And that is I love that. a very fair point. Mm-hmm. And I, I if think you that, have the money. I, well, also, I think that that may be partly why I was like, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch it because, one, when I saw it, especially in London, it was so special. It was unbelievably mm. special. I still follow every principal character on social media because I just really love them. And I don't, you know, like I just was so excited for that cast and like what they were doing. And it was amazing to see it on stage. And I will say the second time I saw it in our theater in Richmond was not as good. I chalked this all up to my sound design in that in that theater. I hated the hate the sound design so much. But also it wasn't as intimate. And I had already I had just seen it. And it like when you watch it set apart, it is very powerful versus when you're mm-hmm. watching it a again or you're repeating that experience you notice things that maybe is not the emotional piece that you were experienced for the first time so i can totally see why i didn't want to watch the pro shot because one i was jealous of people who got to see this live and i think that i was afraid i was going to miss the experience like miss out Mm -hmm. on the experience because i'm watching it in this different way or watching it too close to other things yeah but I would say it was amazing it was so good I can physically feel the spit coming from Jonathan Groff it was amazing um obviously you don't have to worry about sound design issues which is so good what did you Uh, think of the shots from like behind I didn't love that oh okay don't love it I want to uh, here's okay this is my whole soapbox about pro shots you know I feel some sort of way about it but also I'm like if it's a pro shot, give me the experience like it would be if I was sitting in the theater. Mm-hmm. I want that. But I yeah. also understand that that is very challenging. Yeah. Yeah, and they filmed so, the pro shot for three different so performances. They filmed three different performances yeah. and then did like close-ups during the day, like on their off time, which is crazy. That's crazy. Um. Yeah. I loved rewatching it. I watched when the first time I watched it, like we had little Hamilton dishes and we made like puns with our Hamilton food. And it was just so much fun. And again, we were coming, it was halfway through lockdown. So we were like, like I went and saw my family, but like that was like the only people I was seeing then. So it was, um, yeah, it was like, it was what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Um, is there anything before, I mean, I, I know we don't do MVPs on deep dive, but I just want to shout out the ensemble of the show because they do so much freaking work in this show. It is yeah. crazy. That's all yeah. I want to say. I want to, I have, I have two thoughts. Are we wrapping? Is this us getting to the end? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have I have two things, two separate things to say. Number one, who designed the set? And I'm I know who designed the set, but I'm just like, David what Corns. were you what were you thinking? Because all of those actors have to walk up so mm-hmm. many stairs. So and many stairs. I was reading, I was reading, I I swear that this interview happened over um like a video and I was trying to look it up at work today because I'm productive at work. And right. but I couldn't find the video. And so instead I found like uh, some quotes from James Monroe Agalhart, and he was saying 
he was like, what the audience doesn't see are the two flights of stairs you have to get to get to that top tier that are actually set in the back. And you think, why do they do that to them? Why are there so many mm -hmm. stairs? And I thought about yeah, that. Why isn't it just it. an escalator? Also, why is there not just like a platform, like a ramp? You could right. have a ramp. Anyway, doesn't matter. I love this. I love the integrity of the stairs. But I do think that's very interesting. And and a part of the stamina, the show takes so much stamina. I cannot even mm -hmm. imagine. Yeah. Um. So I want to shout out to that. I also want to shout out to Ham for Ham, which we didn't talk mm. about. Ham yes. for Ham. An amazing lottery system that I believe started because of the lottery that Rent had started. Mm. I believe. I'm, I cannot quote. Do not quote me on that. But anyway, it's you got you. They have a they ten dollars ham for ham, so you could see the the show for ten dollars if you yes. won the lottery. Basically, there were all these rules yes. about it because pay a Hamilton imagine, ten dollars to see Hamilton. Right. Yes. Ham for ham. Right. So as you can imagine, there were a shit ton of people who yeah, would always. show up to do that. And so then they created this, like, it didn't just become the lottery. It became a show before the lottery. Mm -hmm. So you would put your name in the lottery and literally stand out there and you would stand in the street. And then there mm -hmm. would be a little performance of the people who were there. And they did this yep. quite a few times. Well, I ended up... I did not see Hamilton on Broadway. I still have yet to see Hamilton on Broadway, so I will say. But the week I was in New York, we obviously put our name in for Hamilton, and we saw the Ham for Ham show, and it was Rory O'Malley, mm -hmm. Alex Lacamoire, is that how you say his name? Mm -hmm. Yep. And Renee Elise Goldberg. And I was like, I cannot. It was so good. It was so good. Renee sang two songs, and... Rory maybe sang part of the song with her. Was really this was just... Congratulations? The Congratulations one? The cut song from the show? Because that's like I one of the best game for hands. I like how we, we haven't talked. Have we talked about this? No, I don't think we have. That's anyway. like, Kat, that's honestly like Kat's like one of her favorite songs from the show. And it's not even in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. Oh, good for me. Proud of me. Wow, that's amazing. Oh well, didn't even a, know. That was a that was a cut song from the show and it only has one line left that I'm not here for you. That's in the show, but everything else is not. Well, I remember needing to go to the ham for ham, but I and I thought it was mm -hmm. because it was it was the last one, but then I thought no, it wasn't the last one because Lynn wasn't there, but it really was the last one. Mm -hmm. It was the last one until mm -hmm. they until they started it again until after until they did it again this year. Yeah. 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 With the Broadway season. Um, yeah. Some of my favorites are but, yeah, like the, the three, it? yeah, the three kings, like Andrew Reynolds, Brian Doshi James, Jonathan Groff, um, Mouthing, the Skylar sisters. I love the Kelly O'Hara one is amazing. All there's so many ham for hams where Lynn is just watching people in like awe and amazement and love and everyone every Complete comment awe. every youtube comment is like i want lynn to look at me the way i want my boyfriend to look at me the way lynn looks at so and so yeah, yeah it's just so good would, it's so good and that's i think that ham for ham i don't know if i just i just think that it is such a ethos of or like a representation of like the show and the people who are in the show and the, like mm -hmm. that they're willing to do, this is not part of their job that they're willing no. to do this 
not just mm-hmm. the like the Hamilton like ten dollars for a seat or standing room or whatever you got, but that that it became like a separate entity. It became a spinoff show of the show, which is yeah. crazy. It's so crazy. crazy. Yeah. And so crazy. I love it. And this the fact that it came back this year, I really hope it comes back again for this yeah. Tony season. I think it would be so much fun. It's so um, fun because this past year they did all the other they invited other Broadway shows to come and sing with right. them. Yeah. Which so is good. Just so wholesome. Yeah, I know. So wonderful. And such the spirit of Broadway, like you really can tell right. it's that so many people love it. I feel like we've talked so much about this show. I love it so much. Yeah. I think it's I'm just so glad we have it in the world. And also I'm so glad Agreed. we have it. Agreed. I'm just so glad we have it on Disney Plus forever. And <laughs> For us to watch. One day they'll make a movie and I just wonder what it'll be like. So will it will John M. Chu direct it? That's what I want to know. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and I think it it really, you know, I didn't share this, but when Hamilton started when Hamilton came out and I was at home, I came home for whatever the holiday or something, people mm-hmm. like kids, like high school kids were wrapping Hamilton while walking yeah. around my neighborhood. Yeah. And like that doesn't happen for musical theater people. And so as much as I sometimes am like this takes up so much space yeah. in the narrative line, I think it like really has perpetrated into everyone else's culture in a way that really helps theater nerds like say like we actually are not just some mm-hmm. weird subset of we can we can be cool too, I yeah. guess would be how i would say it yeah yeah for sure for sure and i think yeah again it's just become a part of the language of like oh hamilton yeah 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 um what uh uh i wonder what that that lynn will do next we're we're excited to see i mean how do you that's the thing that's the thing what comes next huh um I that's the thing is that like what do you do after Hamilton like obviously he's done a lot of stuff but like what musical do you do like it is that's there's so much pressure I feel like like what do you do we'll we'll see I think you need to do a flop that's my thing you go in thinking I'm gonna do a flop just to get it out of my system well and he's talked about how you just do a 180 you just do the complete opposite of what people think you're gonna do so he's gonna take a book out of Sondheim which he's talking about. Or a page about. out of Sondheim. Not also, I want this to be on record on my podcast is that um, when I first showed my wife and her friend or talked about Hamilton, they laughed in my face and said, that sounds like the stupidest thing they ever heard. And who's laughing now? Everyone loves it. So Who's laughing now? That's right. That's right. Oh, Rachel, thank you. Finally, 100 episodes having this Hamilton discussion. 100 episodes cheers to 100 episodes and to hamilton yes take a shot all right rachel let's talk about our character of the week let's do it now people can finally see my weird (laughs) my weird movements yes this is the time yeah this is bring it on yes this is the time when another show (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> this is a time where Taylor and I think about 
how we've been feeling, what we've been doing this past week, and then we scour the theater universe and find a theater character or thing from the theater that has similar thoughts, feelings, or vibes. We would also love to hear your thoughts, of course, on Hamilton in American Musical. Oh, so many thoughts. Um, and we would love to hear... And which Skylar's sister, Allie and AJ are, to bring yeah. it full circle. True, full circle. And uh, I've dubbed that uh, Rachel is Angelica and I'm Eliza. That's what I've said. That's what I'm going to say here, um, <laughs> for the record. What about of Peggy? Course... Justice for Peggy. Peggy is whatever guest we have on the show. <laughs> and ever, and ever, uh, you know, Peggy, Becky was our first Peggy. Or That's I guess, funny. I guess, uh, I guess no. Jean- Sophia was our first yeah. Peggy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Okay. Um, <laughs> hey, justice for Peggy. Um, <laughs> of course, we'd love to hear your characters. What characters are you this week? Comment on our social media pages. Tell us who your character is this week for real, guys. And you may get a shout out on episode 101. Rachel, who is your character this week? Inspired by this week's episode because mm-hmm. we knew ahead of time what the deep dive was going to be about. It's true. We did know. Um, which normally doesn't happen. Um, but also this week I've been feeling kind of like, I don't know what's going to happen. I can't read the room. Like I am, I have a big meeting tomorrow, IRL, and, uh, it could go one of two ways. My expressions, my actions could go one of two very extreme different ways. And that reminds me of this. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Just put a wall up, paper bag. Mm -hmm. Um, that reminds me of this part in Hamilton. Uh, at the very end where Eliza gasps and there's all this commentary about mm-hmm. if the gasp yeah. is because she's seeing God, because she's seeing Alexander, because she herself is dying, because she's right. seeing the audience and breaking the fourth wall. She's see- hearing something from her boss. Yeah. So yeah. I am the gasp because we don't know. And there's lots of speculation about what might happen. But we don't know, and it's up to our own interpretation. So that's who I am this week. I'm Eliza's gasp. Amazing. That is <laughs> incredible. Maybe the best thing. Yeah, there's so many articles on her gasp. There's I can't so even... many. I yeah, we'll link one of them in the show. I was notes. unprepared by how much <laughs> rhetoric there was. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Taylor, I think it's it's all I think all of it's true. That's my that's my yeah i think it as lynn said in an interview it's different for every eliza right um my character this week is also taking a book out of rachel's someone from the hamilton american musical recently we've been doing this new sleep thing with my son he's seven months old going through some sleep regression he's learning to sleep on his own so he'll sleep for a couple hours and then and then wake himself up by moving his hand and listen i get a little i can't lie i get a little frustrated i'm like oh come on we just put you down or whatever so i am of course the man that ultimately got frustrated because he lost the war to america and just sang that broke up song breakup song and i am king george the third from Hamilton. I love this. Thank you. That's amazing. I also did not verify. Your son. It's true. 
It's true. You'll be I did back. not verify if I've been this character before, so I apologize <laughs> if I have. Um, but once again, know, there are no rules, but we pretend there are rules. Correct, and it's one hundred, so we can do whatever we want. Um, we can break. All if the you rules. guys, that's right. <laughs> We break out the rules. If you guys would like to join in on our discussion, check us out at theaternerdpod.com or you can also find us on Instagram and threads at theaternerdpod and on Facebook at theaternerdpodcast. Thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next week.